Paul was determined to share this good news no matter what it cost him and with anyone who will listen. He will be laughed at, he will be beaten, he will be jailed, but Paul will not be silenced. Uh, while Katie was sharing about the, uh, the elephant there, uh, it reminded me of a story. This is unrelated to my sermon, so... But I just sort of love this. There's a lot to love about elephants, but there's a, there's a lodge that my groups often stay at out on the edge of the Serengeti. It's called Nadutu Safari Lodge. It's in the, the Ngorogoro wilderness area. It's a simple place. It's out in this pristine and beautiful region. And there's a campfire setting where people sit around each evening and there is a border that is uh, laid out just with simple wooden signs beyond which uh, the lodge is warning uh, folks staying there, don't go any further out than this. You're in the middle of the wilderness and lots of wild animals about. So the, the sign, little wooden sign stuck into the ground says, do not go beyond this point. Uh, and so one day we're sitting out there uh, near the fire and uh, a, a few elephants come wandering by and one of the bulls comes like he's gonna come a little closer to us, but he stopped right about where that sign was. Uh, so no problem, we're just, uh, everybody staying still and just taking in this beautiful thing. And then he took his foot and put it on top of that sign, which read, do not go beyond this point. And he just went, burp, and squished it right down into the ground. So, you know, elephants can do what they want, and uh, he did. So, uh, that's got nothing to do with why we're here today. Uh, uh, what I'm going to do today is pick up really where Pastor Natalia uh, left off last week when she did a lovely job talking about the passage of Scripture whereby Jesus is, is giving pure grace to his troubled followers who are anxious and afraid of what's going on in the world and what has happened and what might become of them. And he says this beautiful thing, you know, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but, but by me. And how... The church has had a tendency to take grace and twist it into law, uh, to make what is freely given uh, more of a, a threat or a coercion. And so we're going to kind of continue on that theme uh, this morning as we look into this uh, passage in the, in the book of Acts. When they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some scoffed, but others said, we will hear you again about this. At that point, Paul left them. But some of them joined him and became believers, including Dionysius the Areopagite and a woman named Damaris and others with him. Now, here we continue our worship during a worldwide pandemic. This marks our 10th Sunday in a row that we've been leading worship uh, to a mostly empty sanctuary. I just posted a picture in the comments below the live feed 
showing you in real time what we're seeing from this perspective. And this is sad, and it's really troubling for many of us. Attending worship has been a part of our lives forever. Gathering around the living Word of God, surrounded by the community of faith, is a source of life for so many of us. More than a hobby or a habit, worship gives the rest of our daily life meaning and, and purpose. But something else is also true about this experience. I've been hearing from, from quite a few of you who've indicated that these services we live stream represent something new for you. You haven't been a regular church attendance since maybe you were a child, and some of you maybe ever. Several have told me that there's something kind of non-threatening about being able to listen anonymously. Uh, lurking is the social media term for it, but I'm kind of hoping somebody comes up with a better one related to uh, joining these worship services anonymously from home or wherever you happen to be. So whatever your status is this morning, whether you are a first-time streamer or you're a charter member, let me make it perfectly clear that you are truly welcome and nearly everything you hear from our preaching at Prince of Peace is meant for you. I say nearly everything for a couple of reasons. <laughs> One of those is Sometimes we joke around here with church members for whom this, this worship center and this entire church campus is as familiar to them as their own living rooms. Sometimes we joke among our membership that, you know, you have your favorite spot, you always sit in this pew, and, uh, or you always sit at this table for coffee fellowship. And so when we're saying stuff like that, it doesn't necessarily apply to you if you don't have one of those places designated for yourself. The other reason I need to point out that the content of our preaching is meant for you, whether you're lurking out there or you are a lifetime member of the congregation, is because that is simply not true for all churches. There are more than a few churches right here in our community that are using this pandemic to wake people up to their belief that a time of tribulation is coming, which will make this coronavirus look like a church picnic, uh, when and if those become allowed again. These faith communities want you to hear that God is getting ready to sort things out, to sort people out, uh, and you better get ready. In these faith communities, the difference then, this is why I'm making this case to you, the difference between an active member and a lurker is that one is saved and the other better come to Jesus or be prepared to burn in hell. It's quite simply one or the other. Prince of Peace does not hold to these distinctions between members and non-members. 
Let me just also say that we publicly, from our pulpit, reject that shabby, coercive, abusive, end times, rapture theology. I had a lovely, long conversation about this very thing with a neighbor recently. As the Lutheran New Testament scholar Barbara Rossing writes in her fantastic book, The Rapture Exposed, this theology is not biblical. We are not raptured off the earth, nor is God. She goes on, whatever future events await the earth, the biblical message is that God comes down to earth to live on it with us. Earthquakes, and remember now, this book was written way before there was any such thing as uh, COVID-19. Barbara Rossing writes, Earthquakes, darkness, plagues, God comes. Our hearts breaking, all hope is lost, God comes. At one of the blackest moments in history, she writes, when people of Judea and Galilee groaned under Roman occupation some 2,000 years ago, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, John's gospel tells us. God came to be born in the world. Jesus is God's final word incarnate in the world, and that word is yes. And finally, she writes, God loves the world enough to live in it with us. So, therein ends my longest preamble to a sermon in 30 years of preaching. Whatever I say next is for you. Whether or not you're here in person, ever. In the reading from Acts 4 last Sunday, a young follower of Jesus named Stephen was doing some truth-telling that got him killed. Stephen's preaching so angered the people that they surrounded him and violently stoned him to death. As he breathed his last, Stephen asked God to forgive them for they didn't know what they were doing, reminiscent of Jesus' words from the cross. And the Apostle Paul, then known as Saul, we know was there at the time. During this gruesome event, at the time, he was a persecutor of the people of the way, the people following Jesus. So Saul, we are told, stood by approving of what was happening to young Stephen and watching the coats of those who were throwing the rocks. Keep, you, know, I'll, you guys go ahead. I'll keep an eye on your, your coat for you. This week, Paul is out there proclaiming the gospel of Christ, the same good news that he tried to snuff out by persecuting the followers of Jesus. He's establishing churches, he's developing leaders, and even though he complains about not being eloquent, Paul finds himself sharing the good news of Jesus in one of the most sophisticated cultural centers of his day. Paul is in the city of Athens in this week's text, the home of Pericles and Plato. In other words, He's in the very heart of the best pagan culture has to offer. Athens was where the best minds of the Mediterranean would gather to pursue that legendary Athenian curiosity. It was an international seacoast town, and like most seacoast towns, you could find just about whatever you might want. A marketplace that would make the bustling waterfront of San Francisco envious. 
artists and craftspeople and sellers of exotic goods. You can picture it. You can almost smell it. And elaborate statues and shrines to any god that anybody ever made up. He, that is Paul, was deeply distressed to see that the city was full of idols. But Paul wasn't in Athens as a tourist. He was there to reach out with the gospel to anyone who would listen. So he started preaching in the local synagogues and even got up enough nerve to set up shop in the marketplace where everybody who was anybody went to promote their views on politics and religion. Even the town's university crowd hung out there. And when they heard Paul holding forth, they were intrigued. Paul was talking about things they'd never heard before. No one, not everyone was immediately won over. Luke tells us they were saying, what does this babbler want to say? He seems to be a proclaimer of foreign divinities. Huh? So we have our own divinities. We, you've seen our statues, our shrines, our altars. He seems to, be, uh, he seems to have a few of his own from somewhere else. It, it makes you wonder how many times Paul might have thought to himself out there, boy, I sure could use Stephen. Hmm? Stephen could preach. Luke tells us that those who would dispute what Stephen proclaimed could not overcome his arguments. Even so, Paul's out there on his own, and he's invited to come down to the Areopagus, where they hoped that he would provide them with more of his very best stuff. It was not all that surprising. This sophisticated town was famous for its curiosity and any new and interesting idea, as Luke tells us. Now, all the Athenians and the foreigners living there would spend their time in nothing but telling or hearing something new. I wonder if the same could not be said about our own culture. We seem pretty quick to jump on what's new, what's popular. Trending is a big idea in our day. Going viral is another, which again, we probably might want to find another term for that, all things considered for a while. Uh, now, the the, all the Athenians and the foreigners living there would spend their time in nothing but telling or hearing something new. And, and what we get next is an account of what Paul said to them. So, think about this with me. Paul comes as a wanderer from a defeated and occupied people. Comes from a, from a, a place of weakness, not strength. He comes to share some good news with these sophisticated, educated, skeptical Athenians. Athenians, Paul says, I see how extremely religious you are in every way. He mentions the vast array of statues and idols that he's seen around the city. For as I went through the city, Paul says, and looked carefully at the objects of your worship, I found among them an altar with an inscription to an unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it, he who is Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in shrines made by human hands. In the book by Barbara Brown Taylor that many of us have been reading, 
uh, an altar in the world. She makes a similar observation. She writes, my life depends on ignoring all touted distinctions between the secular and the sacred, the physical and the spiritual, the body and the soul. What is saving my life now is becoming more fully human, trusting that there is no way to God apart from real life in the real world. Paul goes on to say, for in him we live and move and have our being. It's just one of the, my favorite uh, passages, my favorite phrasing in all of the Bible. We live and move and have our being. As even some of your own poets have said, for we too are his offspring. Paul took time to learn about the Athenians by visiting their shrines and reading their poets, and, and he was inspired by them. And then Paul gave them the good stuff. You don't need to guess or to use your amazing imaginations to create gods that fit your understanding of the world. God is made known in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. When they heard about the resurrection of the dead, some of them sneered. But others said, we want to hear you again on this subject. At that, Paul left the council. Some of the people became followers of Paul and believed. Among them was Dionysius, a member of the Areopagus, and also a woman named Damaris, and a number of others. Now, we have from time to time pointed out how difficult it is to get your name in the, in the scriptures, right? Uh, there are all kinds of rock star characters of the Bible uh, for whom we have no names. The rich young ruler, the prodigal son, the woman at the well, the man born blind, the good Samaritan. Think about it. The list is long and distinguished. But here, in this account of Paul's visit in Athens where he proclaimed the good news, a couple of folks who were listening that day were given the rare honor of having their names actually written into the Bible, into the Word of God. And unlikely names they are. And maybe this is the very point. Foreign names, like Dionysius, and a woman named Damaris. In a way, the response of these two to the gospel is the beginning of hope for you and me. As the circle begins to widen out beyond the borders of Israel and the people of God, Paul was determined to share this good news no matter what it cost him and with anyone who will listen. He will be laughed at, he will be beaten, he will be jailed, but Paul will not be silenced. He will proclaim the good news of the death and resurrection of Jesus and help establish the young church that will continue the proclamation of this gospel through times of famine, times of persecution, and through more than one worldwide pandemic. And because of that, the good news, this gospel, has reached you and me again on this 
rainy morning. And that brings me to what I came here to say this morning. This is why we're here today. Whether or not your name happens to appear on the membership rolls of Prince of Peace Lutheran Church, your name is written into the Word of God, along with Dionysius and Damaris and the names of untold millions of others. I will not leave you orphaned, Jesus says in the Gospel reading for today. Because I live, you also will live. If I haven't had the chance to share this good news with you in this place in person, and once we open back up, there will always be a place for you here. Or you can just keep lurking out there for as long as you want because we hold nothing back for the insiders here at Prince of Peace. Our very best stuff is for you. I've seen you in our home fires Burning with a quiet light You are mothering and feeding in The wee hours of the night If you'll do something for me, I... I would like, uh, if you're alone, you can do this for yourself. If, um, if you're with family, then send somebody outside. And just hold your hand out and, and get some of that rain on your hand, and then you can make the sign of the cross. Remind yourself you are, in fact, a child of God. You can do that for the rest of your family as well as a benediction to our service this morning as we are reminded, each of us, uh, you are an altar in the world. You are a bearer of good news. This is the deepest blessing. Uh, we are the church for the time being. We are invisible, uh, but we are deployed. Um, and uh, when the time comes for us to be called back together, what a joy that will be. And how we will be so aware of, uh, of how much we've taken it all for granted. In the meantime, we are exactly where God has placed us, doing precisely what the Lord has set in front of us, uh, and God walks with us. Uh, and everywhere we look, uh, from the rain that falls now to the uh, blossoms on the trees as this spring progresses, we see an altar in the world. And so we go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. You